0: Thanks for joining us today for Ted Speaks. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you live from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Fonz, Laverne & Shirley, and of course, Beer. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast will focus on keeping people safe, families together, and growing your career in short eight to 10 minute weekly segments. Your host is Ted Carew, the positive safety coach. Ted has over 25 years of health and safety experience in both manufacturing and construction. He started his career in the field and worked his way up to safety director. Ted also coaches football and knows how important it is to communicate expectations and work together both at work and at play. With this as Ted's background, he is excited to share some of his experiences with you and to improve your career and your company. Please join us in welcoming Danielle Rath. Danielle Robertson-Rath, better known as Green-Eyed Guide, serves the sleep-deprived and overwhelmed. After earning degrees in biochemistry and food science, she worked in the food, beverage, and supplement industry for over a decade. As the founder of GEG Research and Consulting, she is the author of two books and the leading expert in the science behind caffeine, energy drinks, and beating burnout in the workplace. Green-Eyed Guide has helped shift workers, nurses, college students, and small business owners beat burnout with caffeine science. Like the title of her best-selling book, Green-Eyed Guide teaches people how to get bleep done when you feel like bleep. Hey, Danielle,
1: I want to thank you for coming on uh, TED Speaks today. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great, thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, we're really excited to have you on and talk about what I find is a really an important subject, you know, with caffeine and caffeine drinks and all that kind of stuff that we're gonna get into, but can you kind of just first give us a little bit of a background about, about you and, and uh, your uh, passion with caffeine?
2: Absolutely. So in short, I help people who work beyond the hours of nine to five feel more energized and less burned out. And I do that with a system called the five levels of fatigue that covers the, tr- the intersection of caffeine, mental health and safety. Really, I'm a food scientist. I studied caffeine and uh, food science and biochemistry in college. And so I feel like I know more about caffeine and energy drinks than anyone I've ever met. So I typically help the people that are using caffeine and energy drinks to get through their day, especially if their day is longer than just, you know, working nine to five.
1: Right. And, And in today's world, I mean, I think all of us are pushing the limits on that, right? And uh, I can definitely say Mm -hmm, you are one that has a a tremendous passion for this caffeine, and I've never met anybody like that before, and that's really why we wanted to bring you on the show because I think you have a lot to offer in the safety realm for people.
0: Yeah, and that kind of brings us to our next question, Danielle. What does caffeine have to do with safety?
2: Well, a a great deal, actually. So in terms of sleep, seven hours of sleep is sufficient for safe work performance, but for every hour less of sleep you get from that from every hour, hour less than seven, your injury risk increases by 10%. And there's so much research that proves that poor sleep quality significantly increases your risk of being accident-prone. So the type of accidents that you get into varies by industry, but if you work the night shift, you're more likely to have accidents, and those accidents or are more likely to be severe or fatal. And so, people that are struggling with staying alert, staying focused in their job, typically rely on caffeine. However, where you get your caffeine, meaning whether it's pills or coffee or pre workout powders or some energy drinks, and also how much caffeine you have, how fast you consume it, what time of day, all these tiny little details make a huge difference in your physical and your mental health. For example, there's a study that I just read that found. Nurses that drank energy drinks versus coffee had higher stress and worse sleep quality. And there's, you know, I could go into that study in terms of like why that is so, but it just goes to show you caffeine is not always created equal. It depends on where you're getting your caffeine and what else is in the drink. Furthermore, with first responders, there's a risk of something called sleep inertia, meaning If you go to sleep and then you immediately wake up and have to save someone's life, you can experience sleep inertia, uh, sleep inertia where it's kind of this frogginess that makes it difficult to focus. So if you're you're saving someone's life, you're making heavy cognitive decisions and you've just woken up from a nap, that can be dangerous. However, if you have caffeine immediately before a nap, then that can reduce sleep inertia and that's proven more effective than either caffeine or a nap all by itself. So there's lots of tiny little scientific facts that I know about caffeine that dramatically improve your safety just by, you know, changing how you drink caffeine and when you drink it, et cetera.
0: Yeah, I think um, just with that, I have so many questions that I could go on and on, you know, being, <laughs> just for yourself and being a mom, we think so much about just nutrition in general and what we put in our bodies. And then the whole big, caffeine dilemma, good or bad, you know, the normal consumer doesn't know all of these little details. And I know that uh, sometimes, yeah, we need good sleep. We know what we need, but we don't always do that. So we look to caffeine as that quick fix. And I know personally, I probably depend on it and think it's doing good things. And really it's not, it's just more of a habit. I know Ted and I have a two hour drive down here and he had his, what is it? Energy drink, his V8. V8. And I have my bottled, oh, yeah. bottled Starbucks from Quick Trip. And it's just like something I need. I'm like, can we stop and get this? But I don't know that I really feel any better after it. I think it's just habit. Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, I mean, one of the things I love with caffeine so much is that the placebo effect is so strong. Yes. So, you know, I'm sure <laughs> you're like me, like the second, you you know, you hear that you open your Starbucks drink. You might feel better just because your body already knows what's about to happen and it's excited it's ready, you're feeling alertness just because you know that caffeine is about to hit you even before it crosses your lips.
0: yeah, isn't that funny just the the little mind games we play, like even our coworker, you know when I'm at work, a coworker cracks that soda open and everyone's like, "Oh, you know, you automatically just have this sense of that's <laughs> what's going to make the day go better, and you know, as we all know it's it's not really not really the case. We're not necessarily putting good things into our body that, that are helping us. So,
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's the details. It's all in the details.
0: Right.
1: How did you ever get interested, really, in caffeine and energy drinks?
2: Well, I, I like to say that two magical things happened in the early 2000s. And the first of those two magical things was that I was accepted to study biochemistry at the University of California. San Diego, go Triton! <laughs> the second magical thing—the second magical thing that happened—was that Monster Energy hit U.S. market, yeah. and Red Bull had been around for a couple years in the U.S. and even longer outside the U.S. But when Monster came along, that was really the beginning of the energy drink boom, and people were concerned about these beverages. What's in them? Is this going to kill me? And doctors and dietitians at the time were saying things that were very black and white, but like. You should never have this energy drink. Only drink coffee. One energy drink will kill you, blah, blah, blah. And that felt too dramatic to me. I mean, I was studying uh, full-time while juggling two part-time jobs. So I was one of those people that relied on caffeine to help get me through the day, to help me juggle school and work. And as a biochemistry student, I could look at the label of a Red Bull or a monster and think, hmm, these things aren't actually as bad as maybe some of the headlines make them out to be. There is, you know, some of them that are sure as bad as people say, but there is actually, you know, there are some that don't fit the stereotype. And so from the very beginning of the energy drink, from the early 2000s, I knew I wanted to use my science background to help people like me, people that didn't really have an option to just quote unquote get more sleep, or maybe people that didn't really like the taste of coffee or tea. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that people could make decisions to drink these things with facts, not fear. So in other words, I never push people towards energy drinks, but I try to give them the information so that they can make an informed decision. Because that's what helped me when I was, you know, struggling all of these things and studying biochemistry and studying energy drinks and ingredients. So that's kind of how I got started. I wanted to help people see caffeine the way I do through my green eyes, which is how I became the green-eyed guide.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and knowledge is power. And like you said, caffeine can be a beneficial thing. We just need the knowledge of how, when to use it, combine it with good sleep, um, that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's a lot of good information. Um, Can you talk a little bit more? I know you mentioned your five levels of fatigue. Can you kind of go into that a little bit more?
2: Absolutely. So the five levels of fatigue is a system that I created that covers the intersection of caffeine, mental health, and safety. For every level of fatigue, you have a different degree of stress or sleep deprivation. Thus, for every level, there's a proportionate response. What you do at fatigue level one is different than what you would do at fatigue level five. And having this proportionate response helps you avoid the health risks that come with Misusing caffeine. It helps you stay safe and it helps you manage your mental health because it gives you it gives you a specific game plan for every level of fatigue. Disproportionate response is one reason my system is more effective than other programs on employee safety or general nutrition or sleep quality or burnout because it's tailored to a specific um, your specific level of fatigue and your fatigue level three. Might feel different than my fatigue level three. So the key is that it's not only proportionate to how stressed or how sleep deprived you are, but it's also tailored to what you like to do and what you like to drink or what you do when you're bored or tired or stressed. So it's very adaptive.
0: So it can kind of be customized to the individual or the group or the setting.
2: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And one thing I do want to add is that one of the key features of the five levels of fatigue is that I like to stress at a certain point, there is no amount of caffeine that can save you. You have to rest. Uh So that's kind of the mental health aspect is that in these five levels of fatigue, I also help people realize that you can't just drink caffeine to treat the symptoms of stress and sleep deprivation. You also have to think of the source and you have to realize at a certain point, you might need to take a rest or you might need to ask for help or Maybe you're just dehydrated. Maybe you just need water or, you know, to get up and walk around. You don't actually need caffeine. So I help people realize they're the sources of stress and sleep deprivation, you know, to help them get a better mental health. But then I also help them make sure they're not getting more caffeine than they absolutely need, you know, exposing their body to things that aren't
0: quite necessary. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, Danielle, you talk a little bit about, um, you know, how to beating burnout from caffeine science. What do you mean by that exactly?
2: (laughs) Great question. So, beating burnout with caffeine science. Well, caffeine is the number one coping mechanism for sleep deprivation and for stress. Mm -hmm. But caffeine can make sleep and stress worse. The key is drinking caffeine strategically and knowing other coping mechanisms to ensure you never get all the way to the point of no return where you're burned out. In other words, you never get all the way to fatigue level five. This is kind of what drove me to write um, this book titled How to Get Done <laughs> yeah. When You Feel Like... <laughs> I, I was wondering how you were going to pronounce that <laughs> on the air. It's a great book. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. It's hard to market it because it's S H for T and certain people, you know, I mean, that's my favorite square word, but yeah. some people don't <laughs> yeah. like that word. No, but... I mean, essentially, a lot of people that I work with, how I teach them to beat burnout with caffeine science is like, look, you're exhausted and you feel like poop, but you have things to do. So how do you do that? And that's where the beating burnout with caffeine science comes into play. That's what that means.
1: I think all of us really struggle with that at some points, you know, different ups and downs. I know last week, for an example, I know I was really at the, you know, running, felt like I was running all over the place. and I kind of let my body get down. And there wasn't a matter of how much caffeine I had. It was just time for me to give myself a rest, and it's hard to know that.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, Can you just, I know you talked about the five levels of fatigue. Is there any way, I know you said every circumstance in person is different depending on, you know, what they're involved with, but can you give just a brief example of like a level one versus a level five just so our listeners kind of have a feel? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually
2: recorded a podcast yesterday called um, "Queen Elsa and the Five Levels of Fatigue." I'm a mama too, so Frozen and Cars are on regular <laughs> rotation at my house. I love it. So at <laughs> so at fatigue level one, that's when you're just feeling a little bored. You're just annoyed. You know, maybe your toddler is watching Wheels on the Bus for the hundredth <laughs> time in a row, and so you're you're not exhausted and you're not stressed, but you're not really feeling your best you're not feeling energized you're not feeling like you could just bust out like let it go and you know sing dance like that's fatigue level zero fatigue level one isn't it's not bad you're just you know you're just kind of bored right on the other hand fatigue level five is the worst of the worst of the worst so in the movie frozen when spoiler alert for those of you that haven't (laughs) seen the movie when the bad guy tells queen elsa that her sister is dead she just collapses on the floor like she doesn't She's not paying attention to anything around her, not aware that this guy is about to kill her. Like, she's just so burned out, Mm -hmm. so overwhelmed. She literally collapses to the floor. So that's fatigue level five compared to just being like, meh, you're a little bored, you're a little annoyed. That's fatigue
0: level one. Right. That's a good picture to have an image to kind of relate that. Absolutely.
1: I can definitely tell you're a mother.
0: (laughs) And you've probably watched that movie quite a few times. We've watched it once or twice
1: ourselves, right, Barb?
0: Yeah. I think, too, just um, no matter what your position in life is, um, a mom, you know, whether you work in a business that is just an office setting or something where you, you said, you know, can get dangerous if fatigue sets in, I think it's important to everyone, especially in today's world, it's so fast paced. You know, whether that's good or bad, I think sometimes it's just hard to slow down. And so we look for thing. and unfortunately sometimes it's that easy fix, but having, like you said, this education and knowing how to kind of manipulate it in a good, effective way is very, very useful for everyone, I would say.
1: Well, I also think, you know, just for the safety professionals that are listening too, right? right? I mean, to, to, to be able to know where your employees are at, you know, when they come to work, um, even as, as the day goes on, you see some of them come in tired, right? They're working a lot of hours. They come in tired now they're, now, now they're peaking a little bit, but you also know that there's going to be a time to do that. So to know those five levels, I think is very crucial for safety professionals and, and supervisors to kind of learn, you know, where their employee are and, and perhaps help them from not getting hurt.
0: Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Danielle, have you ever reached fatigue level five? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, I have. So. Um, I used to work at Beachbody. I worked at Beachbody R&D at their headquarters on their research and development team. I was, I was the creator of the reformulation of the, uh, the Greenberry Shakeology. That's oh, wow. my, my pride and joy, um, kind of like the Neville Longbottom of Beachbody shakes. Like Greenberry doesn't sound that great. And so not many people like it. It just sounds weird. I don't even think they make it anymore. <laughs> but at the time I was living in California, living in Southern California and the headquarters of Beachbody was about two hours away. It was in Santa Monica. So for those of you that aren't familiar with uh, the geographic location of of California, it's basically like driving from Milwaukee to Madison every single day. It's a long drive, there's a lot of traffic. And even though we were a wellness company, just the work itself was physically and mentally exhausting. And I just came into work every day feeling like, stepping onto a treadmill that was already set at ten miles an hour and an incline of seven. Like that's what it felt like to come into work. And at a certain point I remember I was driving home with one eye open because I was so tired that I thought maybe I could just rest for you know, one eye at a time. Oh no. <laughs> so that was definitely yeah. um, you know, eye opening, I guess yeah. part the time. But that was the point when I realized like even though I'm having caffeine every single day, I'm not paying attention to the mental exhaustion that I'm feeling. I'm feeling the cynicism. I'm feeling the emotional exhaustion. I'm feeling that nothing that I do matters. Those are the three major characteristics of feeling burnout. So that was me at fatigue level five, realizing I had to make a change and maybe this job was no longer right for me because I was putting myself in such a dangerous situation, not just me, but everyone else on the freeway around me. Like, you know, me driving with one eye open is not good for anyone. <laughs> so that was me hitting hitting fatigue level five of five.
0: Well, and it's funny because we we know better sometimes, right? But when we're so fatigued mm-hmm. just that, like you said, not only the physical portion but the emotional and the mental part just really take a toll. And going back to the, the safety world and any aspect, it's just so important to get a grip on that and kind of know what's good to do and what's not good to do.
1: Well, I know uh, for me personally, I, I remember one time many years ago, uh, before I really started my career in safety, I was working a night shift and I remember driving home and uh, almost falling asleep, you know, and all of a sudden I pulled together and you know how you get that right afterwards. Um, but I was drinking caffeine and all that kind of stuff, you know, during the night to get through the night shift, and I'll never forget what that feeling is within your whole body. But if we have employees that are going through that same thing, you know, just that few moments where they could be, you know, something like that can happen to startle them, we can end up them getting hurt. So we just got to make sure that they know what they're doing and watch for those different levels like you were talking about.
0: Yeah, it just takes a second something can happen.
1: Absolutely. So when it comes to caffeine and safety, of course, what is the um, one thing our listeners need to know
2: about? Well, essentially, more caffeine does not always equal more alert. And this ties nicely into what you just said. There is a study where sleep-deprived truck drivers made fewer mistakes in a simulation when they had smaller doses of caffeine. And that kind of seems backward. You'd think that if they yeah. had less caffeine, they'd be less alert. But that wasn't the case. In this study, the, uh, the sleep-deprived truck drivers that had the larger doses of caffeine crossed this peak in this curve that's called the yerk dodson law I'll explain that in a second. But essentially, they crossed the threshold where they became over-agitated, over-stimulated, hyper-alert. And because they crossed that threshold, they were actually having a, difficult, a more difficult time focusing because that caffeine had pushed them too far and it pushed them over this peak. So essentially, you want to find your sweet spot in this curve. If you picture stimulation on the X axis and performance on the Y axis axis. with increasing stimulation, your performance improves to a point and then that curve falls back down. So what I do, what I help people do is find that peak in that curve. How much stimulation can I give you, whether it's from caffeine or from things that you're doing, like a conversation with a friend or whatever, how can I get your stimulation right up to that peak, where your performance is at its max just before you start falling off that cliff. And so that's what you need to remember. In terms of caffeine and safety, more caffeine does not always equal more alerts. You need to find that sweet spot before you fall off that, that cliff in performance.
0: Yeah. Well, that makes sense when you're saying it. So I think a lot of our uh, listeners, you know, that that's new information to them. And if If um, an individual or a business wanted to get a hold of you, Danielle, to kind of dive into more questions about fatigue and caffeine and safety, how would they be able to get a hold of you?
2: Well, the best way to get a hold of me is going to my website. That's greeneyedguides.com. You can find a contact button for me there. You can also find more about my books, my workshops, um, my online courses, all of that good stuff. You can also get a hold of me on LinkedIn or on Instagram. I'm very responsive to direct messages on either platform.
0: That sounds good. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing. Yes.
2: Um, on my website at greeneyedguide.com, you can get your free copy of my quote unquote energy drink report card. This, people love this. I get so many people that request this, but essentially it's a list of the top selling coffees like the Starbucks you mentioned, as well as teas, as well as energy drinks, and then I've rated them all in terms of the red ones that you should avoid, the yellow ones you can enjoy in moderation, kind of like pizza, and then the green ones that you can have every single day. Yeah. So that energy drink report
0: card is at my website, greeneyedguide.com. I love that idea. I yeah. think that's very helpful. And, and
1: I think it's very helpful for all, all of our listeners, you know, to know that uh, all out there and be able to display that, right? Yeah, That that's great.
0: Yeah, we really appreciate uh, all the information. Like I said, I have a million questions when it comes to this, but I think Ted's anxious to get a few of our uh, jokes in here. The
1: best part of this podcast, of course.
0: You know, yep. Did you know yes. this was coming, Danielle? <laughs> I did.
2: I was listening to previous episodes, and I got so excited oh, for this goodness. question. I love
1: <laughs> these jokes. <laughs> well, well, one thing beforehand also, too, is I also want to share that Danielle is on YouTube and has a lot of great videos out there also. Um, that you can catch on on, on different uh, caffeine subjects that she talks about. So, yeah. but anyway, hey, thanks for joining us today, Danielle, and giving us your story and sharing us about caffeine. But as you know, it's time for us to have a little fun with you now. Um, and it is important to always have that positive outlook when talking health and safety. Um, and that is why I'm the Positive Safety Coach. So, are you ready for a little humor?
0: <laughs> I'm so ready. <laughs> oh, you're so ready.
1: Okay, what currency oh, can we use? To buy coffee in a space. What currency can Uh, we use to buy coffee? Voltage
2: or something? I feel like this is going to be like electricity and voltage energy. That's pretty good. Well, Barb
1: already had the answer before. Go ahead, Barb.
0: Starbucks. (laughs) What what currency can we use to buy coffee? Oh, I love it. Yeah. (laughs) I get it. I love it. Oh, I'm going to use that one. Okay. So let's see um, if our listeners get this. One.
1: Bob wrote this next one. She's very proud of it. I so. looked
0: it up. <laughs> but anyway, what does an energy drink and a tropical bird have in common? Um, I don't know. It takes more than two cans to wake me up. Like a two can, <laughs> like the bird, or two cans. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> That one needs a little bit of explaining, but it was, it was appropriate to the conversation. <laughs> No, that's, that's funny because actually you shouldn't have more than two cans a day. Like That's that's like the industry
2: standard. All of the stereotypical energy drinks on their labels say, like, please don't consume more than two cans a day. So that'd be funny if they had a little two-can picture. Yeah, actually, there you
1: go. There you go, advertising, like, run, right? run
0: with that one.
1: <laughs> All right, now our final one for, for you, Danielle, what did the duck say when she brought lipstick? I don't know. Put it on my bill.
2: Uh, All right. Hey, Danielle, we
1: want to thank you very much for being on the show. And um, again, if you could just.
0: I've got one joke for you. Oh, you do. We love it. We love it. I do. Come prepared.
1: All right. Uh
2: I don't know if we're ready, but we'll do it anyway. All right. Do you know why my coffee tastes like dirt? Why your coffee tastes like dirt? Yeah. Do you know why my coffee tastes like dirt? We do not.
1: I do not.
0: Because it was just ground this morning. Uh, oh. oh, that's
1: a good one. I like that.
0: You might have to write our jokes for <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> hey, thank you, Danielle, for being on the show. And if you could just uh, share one more time with the uh, listeners of how they get a hold of you.
2: Yes. Please go to green as in the color, greeneyedguide.com. That's D R E E N E Y E D G U I D E Dot com. There you can find my podcast, my books, my
0: YouTube channel, all of that good stuff at GreenEyeGuide.com. All Perfect. right. Well,
1: well, thank you very much for being on the show, and you have a super safe day.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to TED Speaks with Ted Carew, the positive safety coach. We would love to hear from you. You can reach out through email at ted.carew.com, at healthandsafetynow.com if you'd like to know more about our podcast or if you're interested in being a guest. Feel free to check us out at healthandsafetynow.com. Rate and review on your favorite podcast app. Join us next week for our next episode. Have a super safe week.